spend this time, Sean. Uh, welcome to Still Talking. I'm your co-host, your host, Sean Rigsby. This is uh, your co-host, uh, Big Easy. Big Easy. <laughs> that went exactly as I planned. <laughs> that went exactly. That was amazing. <laughs> we're not we're not editing anything out. Uh well you might as well go ahead and keep it up and introduce our, our guest here, Sean. So tonight we have Christopher Lewis from Paps Hilltop Honey and Distillery in Bainbridge, Ohio. OH. Guys, how you doing? Good, man. How awesome. you doing? Good, good. It's a pleasure to have you. Honor to have you here. Well, I appreciate you guys having you on. You guys had some pretty heavy hitters on here. I, I'm, I'm just a little old fella from Southern Ohio. I'm, I'm privileged to be on here. So, we're all just little old fellas from Ohio. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're in good yeah. company. It's, uh, a lot of good things come from Ohio that we don't get a whole lot of credit for. That's very true. Well, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. But uh, so, Chris, tell us a little bit. Um, well, actually, you know what? Go ahead, Ian. What you drinking on, Sean? Well, it would uh, be disrespectful to not be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, distillery, knock them stiff moonshine. You was down there not too long ago, right? Yep. Right, you sound, yep. I, I remember you sending pictures. You was down there. Did you have a good time? Oh, absolutely. Distillery, <laughs> hell yeah, you had a good time. So, absolutely. So, go ahead. Oh, you can see you said down in Cincinnati because I'm I'm be in Cincinnati one time here soon down through Kentucky. Um, you travel for this semi-pro football stuff, so might have to stop in there. Oh yeah, we're right we're right on fifty. We're easy to find too. So, I'm, I'm I'm being discreet because I'm still at work, so I'm drinking um, blackberry tea. But I have uh, I have our blackberry shine here, whipping up my little tea here. So I'm give it a little kick, little Arnold Palmer's. Give it yeah. a little kick. <laughs> like Palmer, it, make it a John Daly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went ahead and busted out some still rights. Got that vanilla spice rum. Oh, cool. I was I was feeling vanilla spicy. So <laughs> hard to go wrong there. So uh, what, what what you got in the jar over, there, Sean? What is that? Is knock him stiff. Uh, actually, ask him. T- tell us a little bit about that. There we that go. is our multi-grain. Um, that's a, kind of our first shine. It's a uh, hundred proof. Uh, majority of it is uh, Ohio blue clarity corn. A little bit of rye, a little bit of barley in it. Um, it's probably our best seller. And uh, I started out to do 100% corn, and then we ended up using a little bit of rye and barley just to kind of spice it up a little bit. So, and uh, came out very well. And this summer, we're actually going to start putting some of that in barrels and let it age and see how that works out. So, that Ohio blue corner, man, it's oh, hard great. to go wrong. That's great. <laughs> It's hard to go wrong. Yeah, schoolhouse farms up north, north of you guys, I think. Um, yeah, schoolhouse, yep. yeah, I got, yeah. I just got some Ohio blue from them. Oh, did you? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, Bond's a great guy. I mean, we're going to partner up on a corn liquor here this summer. We're going to use a combination of the Blue Claridge, uh, Bloody Butcher, and Silver King, and see, see what we can do with that. So nice. So tell us a little bit about how. Uh, what sparked your interest in this kind of, in this? Uh... Well, I mean, there's a lot of family history. Uh, my family's from uh, Southeast Kentucky. Uh, my great grandfather had seven sons and a lot of them were involved in distilling. Uh, our family farm is down near uh, Cumberland, Kentucky, close to the Harlan County line. Um, we've had uh, a lot of family do moonshine. We had a few of them get busted and sent up for it. Uh, our family farm, actually, my grandpa bought that from a, a cousin. We had a, we actually had a blind moonshiner in our family back in the 30s, uh, blind Willie Sturgill. Uh, he, he made uh, made shine and had a had a thousand gallon still underneath the house. 
And, uh, unfortunately, he, was, he got busted. So uh, when he got sent up to prison, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. my grandpa ended up buying the farm from him as he was going up the river. So we always talk about Blind Willie saying, you know, the law got him because he didn't see him coming. So. <laughs> yes, uh, um, makes yeah, you wonder how you got the name you know, Blind Willie, you know. Yeah, well, Blind Willie. Got, I got to come out with a label for Blind Willie and, and you know, out of respect for him. Uh, he got away with he had a girlfriend that did all the heavy lifting and uh, you know he kind of did everything by sight and smell and got hand him credit he was able to do a thousand gallon steel for years without getting busted and then that's somebody knocked on him in and, itself yeah uh, yeah and, un uh, underneath the house that's, underneath the house man that's some big that's, that's balls of steel right there yeah yeah they had balls cool. bigger than that still <laughs> <laughs> but growing that's up cool. I always heard about moonshining and you know we go to family reunion down in Kentucky and you'd always hear about people. Hey, you know, so-and-so got to run uh, moonshine. And then probably about eight, nine years ago, my brother Mark and I started getting interested and you know, learn about it. Uh, so we went down to some classes. Uh, MB Roland has a distillery down near Paducah, Kentucky. And probably eight, nine years ago, he was offering classes in distilling. So Mark and I went down there and took some classes and kind of got our feet wet and, and then we played around on our own. And then uh, probably seven years ago, Circle Land Distillery had a, uh, had a distiller for the day program for you could buy somebody a package and basically go and work in the, give them free labor for it. Well, actually you paid them to be the free labor for a day. But uh, so March 50th birthday, I, I bought the package and we went down and spent the day at Circle Land, kind of, you know, got to play around and got the fever then. And then over time we, Mark and I have always uh, had a honey farm for years. We've done honey. And so we started talking to Greg at Sugarlands, and we came up with a joint project where we would take their honey or their barrels after they dump them and put honey in them and age the honey. And then after the honey was aged, we take it back to them. They sell it there at the distillery. So that kind of led to us being more involved. And so every time we go down and deliver honey, we'd go, we'd get to play, spend a day at the distillery playing around the back there. And, just kind of got the fever more and more. And then, uh, you know, we started experimenting. Our buddy, Mike Hurley, he got involved. So there were three of us. We were down there experimenting and having fun with it and uh, decided to go legal with it. So Kate, my wife, she she said, well, if you're going to make this kind of investment, she wanted me to go to Moonshine University down Louisville. So I did that, did their program, kind of learned the business side of it. Um, from there, in May of 2020, we bought our building, started ordering equipment. It took us about two years with COVID and everything to get all of our permits and everything approved. But uh, we started producing about a year ago, really about right now, we started production and then we got approved for sales back in September uh, this past fall. And so it's, it's done well. It's, I mean, we kind of hit the hit the ground running. We just have a 100-gallon pot steel Kevin Gordon made for us. Um, we run it as much as we can just to keep the uh, sales stocks. As I said, it, it's done pretty well for us, and uh, we're looking at expanding maybe next summer, adding a few more stills. And you know, thousand gallon under the house, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing out ideas, I don't know yeah, where I got it at, but I'm just throwing that out there, you know. <laughs> All right, that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> so we've got the next five years kind of planned out on different things we want to roll out. I mean, we want to do a bourbon. Uh, we want to do a rye whiskey. Um, we're going to take some of our knock'em stuff. Uh, our buddy Mike Hurley did a kind of a test run where he took the knock'em stuff and put it in a barrel that's been coated with honey and let that age for a while. And man, it came out with a real, really great whiskey that uh, had the honey flavor. And uh, so we're going to start doing that in bigger quantities this summer. Um, we're doing you know, several flavors. We're going to roll out uh, some more flavors this summer. We currently have five different flavors plus the knock'em stiff. Um, we're going to roll out uh, a cinnamon chine, uh, a coffee flavored chine. Uh, we're going to do an apple, caramel apple pie. So we've got got about seven or eight flavors we want to roll out. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to stick our feet, stick our toe in, try to do the, the sipping creams. Uh, hoping to do that sometime this year. And uh, do a couple flavors of that. And we've had a lot of people ask for that kind of stuff. So, that's seven creams are hot, and it's like everything flavor. Yeah. That's what sells. They want it sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's you guys, 40, 50 you, proof, you, and yeah. 
you guys got a lot of honey. Do you do anything with mead? Do you do anything making uh, honey have, uh, Yeah, I've got a bunch of mead in my basement, actually. We've made, you know, just trying to, because you got to let yeah. it step for a while and, you know, kind of keel out. So, yeah. My wife wants to, um, she eventually wants to open a meadery up and, you know, do do some honey wine. Uh, I, yeah. I like it. Uh, it's got to do different flavors of it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You ever cool. distill it? You ever make a shine from it? Now I've got a bunch of bunch of it in the basement. I should run through the steel and just see what happens. You you be pleasantly surprised at right? yep. how smooth it comes out, man. Old bumble shine. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe try you a small batch and just see how you like it, man. I I really liked how um, the honey came out that I ran last oh, that's time. Cool. So yeah. you know, you might give that a shot. It might be a uh, something else going on your shelf. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that, that's a good idea. I. I can't drink a whole lot of wine because the sugar content just kicked my butt. It just seems like to give me a hell of a hangover. So I can drink liquor, but the wine, I got to be careful with. If you can't drink it as wine, then turn it into shine. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> then, then you don't need to drink a whole lot of it because yeah, you do. Yeah. So nice. Well, if you do venture and give it a shot, let me know how it turns out. I'm I interested. Will. I so. will. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Because you made some, what, was it a few years ago, Easy? Or was yeah, it a year it was, ago? It was like uh, two years ago. And, and it was, just... uh, man, it, it was good. Was it? It, it yeah. was it was real nice, especially at a higher proof. I really enjoyed it more. Ooh, I did too. Um, you get I, a, lot of the, a lot of the honey flavor come through for you? Yeah. yeah. Well, more of the higher proof, it seemed like. Oh, I used, it, was straight, it was straight honey. Um, three pounds per gallon gives you a. The, the Ohio honey that I had gave me a starting gravity of a 1074. Uh, so, you know, like the, the, the recipe and the, the scale ratio is perfect. If you're doing all honey and you want to about 10%, you know, about three pounds per gallon will give you a solid 10% oh, wow. for your cool. start. And, and I went a little uh, not traditional and, and I used the bread yeast with it. Just, I just wanted to see how it would do and, and how it would finish. And, I was really impressed with how that bread yeast finished that, finished that honey. You know, it fermented in like four days. I did, a, I did thirty pounds. I did a ten gallon mash, and it fermented in like four days. It was crazy, oh, wow. and I ran it, and I liked it so much more at one hundred and fifty proof than wow. when I proofed it down. I, you know, and I did use a thump keg, and I threw like uh, five pounds of honey in the thump keg. Yeah, when I yeah. run it, you know, just to give it that little extra. You know, you gotta give it that little extra pizzazz. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I really enjoyed it at a higher proof. And then, cause Sean tried it at 150 and then I proofed it down to 100. And he's like, man, I like this better at 150. I'm like, me too, man. I thought it was way better at 150. <laughs> a lot hotter, but man, it I'm going to say at 150, it puts you down pretty quick. So. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was, I don't know, it was just different. Like it was, it was smooth, even though it was real high. And, you know, that, that honey, man, that's real complex nature sugar. Yeah. So it, Honey is one of them things. It's 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 real light, so it's almost hard to get to come through. Yeah, I know Danielle Parton down in Tennessee. She, she emailed me a while back. She wanted to start buying bulk honey, and you know it's so expensive. You know she was wanting you know eight nine hundred pounds a week, and I'm like, you working the money you're talking here? It's gonna be hard to get your money back, much less make any money. So, um, it. Uh, to do it in mass quantities, it'd be pretty expensive. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So yeah. that, that's like some uh, small batch, you know. Like yeah. You, yeah. you see small batch, you know, like oh, we we did a we did a hundred gallon run, you know. We've got we got twenty gallons to sell of this. It's super small batch. You know yeah. how it, you know how it is pricey for small batch. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's a little bit about like uh, I, I I do re briefly remember you talking about. Uh, going to moonshine university yeah and uh just tell us kind of like the time that you went down there and you know kind of what was going on and yeah i mean of course i went down in the middle of covid which my luck but uh <laughs> there was about 30 of us to, i mean i'm glad i went there was very you know it, it was uh, a lot of information in one week time um everybody in my class uh they were more geared towards the bigger facilities. I mean, these guys were talking about spending two, three million bucks on their distillery. And, you know, like I said, I'm just a little fellow from Southern Ohio. And I'm <laughs> there trying to translate these figures here and scale it down to my size. And um, there's a lot of good information. I've been back uh, a couple of times for uh, 
the bail aging classes and stuff like that. So, I mean, those kind of class. The, the Moonshine University, to start for the week, it kind of gives you a taste of everything, but they really don't, you know, focus on a lot. You just have a lot of information thrown at you. It's more about the, you know, getting licensing, the process for licensing and and the startup and all of that. Uh, say it was it was very expensive. I will say that, uh, but uh, I basically had to take that information and uh, kind of scale it down to my size. And uh, I, and I still I've got all the reference materials and all that, and I still you know refer back to that from time to time. But, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a unique experience. So. That's all about that knowledge gained. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all it's about. It's about that yeah. knowledge. I mean, gained. it was a good networking experience. I mean, I yep. talked to guys from some of the bigger distilleries. I mean, they, uh, we, uh, you know, we talked to people from, you know, Woodford, and uh, there were several guys that worked for uh, Jim Beam there. So it was kind of interesting, but uh, it was definitely, I think it was definitely made for, guys are doing it on a much larger scale than what I'm doing. So. Okay. Yeah. Your distillery, um, do you just sell at the distillery or are you in stores or anything like that? Or uh, yeah. Right now is? we just had a, uh, at the distillery selling. Um, we do have several bars and restaurants that have contacted us about uh, carrying our product. And we're going to start doing that this summer. Uh, we kind of started our circle small, uh, with there in Bainbridge and kind of expanding a little bit out. We're going to be going into Chillicothe and Hillsboro. Uh, there's some bars that are going to carry our, our shine. Um, I haven't looked into as far as doing the selling through the state, you know, where they put it on the state liquor store shelf yeah, and all that. State uh, control. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I think we're going to kind of keep as much control as we can <laughs> yeah. just uh, by doing the bars and restaurants and, Keep it in your pocket as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. The government gets enough of it, that's for sure. So. <laughs> they get more than you do. That's oh, for sure. my, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And they act like they don't. They act like you're yeah. getting ahead, but really, you're getting them ahead. So. And they're not. They're not afraid to take it because they come in every month and just sweep it right out. So yep. yeah. Well, that's the thing about them is they <clears throat> they're a business that don't lose ever. No. No risk for them. Uh, you know, I got to worry about paying for overhead and jars and labor and grains and all that. And <laughs> once mob, I get it yeah. on the shelf, uh, they come in and take theirs right off the top. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, was, uh, I was going to ask one other question. Can't remember what it was now. Save my life. <laughs> that's normal, though. It happens about right, once a show. Age, man. So uh, you got what was the first thing you uh, you ran like you know when you first, first started? Thing we like, ran, uh, yeah, man, we were flying blind. We ran from corn liquor, and uh, we just took uh, sweet corn, and uh, we had a thirty-gallon little uh, stainless steel we got from a hillbilly steel way back, and we just started playing around with that, and we would do thirty-gallon batches of corn liquor, and and we started playing around with the rye and you know barley and different kinds of corn. Our problem was we never wrote anything down, and normally by the time we were done running, we were drunk on hoot owls, so we couldn't remember what we did. If we had a real good batch we liked, half the time we didn't write it down. So, but uh, corn was our first, and we just kind of went from there and tried different things, so, and then trying to age it in barrels. And you know, we get the little five-gallon barrels and one-gallon barrels and age them. Probably one of the neatest projects we did was for Mike's uh, Mike Early's daughter. We got married, and uh, we did a run. About a year before they got married, we did a run and put it in barrels, and they were able to have it there for the wedding and pop the barrel open. So that was a cool experience, and it really came out good aging in the barrel. Nice. Yeah. So that just kind of – it just seems like it, you know, just kind of leads – one thing leads to another. And, and uh, I mean, even today we come up with different ideas and, you know, hey, we got to try this. And, and so I got stuff planned out for the next five years to do everything I want to do. So. floor, man. <laughs> now, uh, you had talked about how you know um, you grew up around moonshine. Yeah. Was you ever was you ever able to find any old family recipes that you use now, or is it? Yeah, all just, actually, uh, I was talking to a cousin of mine down. He's still in Kentucky. He's a he's a moonshiner down there, and and uh, he was talking about a mash bill that uh, his grandpa, who was my uncle, Uncle Bruce, and he said, "Hey, you know." 
my grandpa Bruce and your grandpa ran this ran this uh, recipe. And you know, I said, well, hey, you know, let me see how it goes and all that. And he, I said, what, you know, what's in the mash bill? And he's like, well, we're doing, uh, you know, so much uh, corn, rye, and barley. And it is very close to what we ended up doing with the the knock'em stuff, which I thought was kind of neat. Nice. So I don't know if that's something that uh, I inherited in my back back of my mind, but <laughs> it turns out that uh, my uncle Bruce's recipe is very close to the knock'em stiff recipe. So. It was in your DNA. You just yeah, it must have been. I, I was kind of freaked out when uh, <laughs> I heard about it. I was like, damn, you know. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Nice, like, nice. That's cool. Yeah, so he got a steal. I, I need to get down and see him. And uh, I got a cousin that uh, he says he can take me back to the spot where Blind Willard had his uh, had his steal. So I got to get my hiking boots on. And uh, hopefully this spring we're going to go down and do a trek, trek through the mountains and uh, – Find out some, maybe find old Willard's uh, chopped up steel. So might find an old jug somewhere. Like I, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't about hiking at all. Yeah, but I, I would definitely pony up for something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have a try. I'd love to find something I could bring back and put in the distillery. It's kind of a you know a little memorabilia, memorabilia thing. Yeah, know. I'd be like yeah. Sean, just take some pictures and show them to me. Facetime me when you get there, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna sit down in the car. I, I can't make it. I'm good. I'm good. This old back won't let me get there. Oh yeah, it's rough, man. Those old mountains. I mean, you get down that part of the country, the mountains are just straight up. My grandpa's farm. Yeah. It was uh, it was about 40 acres, but man, 30 of it was straight up a hillside. So it's uh, just that down in a little valleys. Yeah. <laughs> you say is the most important ingredient for you like as you know you have to have good water or do you have to have good grains or i really think the corn sets it for me because uh you know before i found vaughn and schoolhouse farms i was buying corn locally and i went through three or four uh, vendors and farmers trying to find a you know corn that you know did a good fermentation and good flavor and all that. And I was having a heck of a time, you know, fine. I tried white corn meal. I tried, you know, yellow corn and just several different local varieties. And then Vaughn, you know, with him doing the Ohio blue claridge and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a heck of a good, it's a the blue Indian corn. It has a high sugar content. And it's just like somebody just turned the switch to them. Once we started using the good grains, uh, the water, we filter our water just because of, with it being in the village, uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, just, we just have to run it through a filter to kind of take all the crap out of it. So, I mean, we, we do have some controls on our water, but I really think the grain, um, I started buying molded barley from uh, Mike over at, uh, oh, what can, it's uh, Rustic Brew Farms over by Marysville. So, and that's made it, the molded barley has been a big improvement, so. I know when you were down, John, uh, I was telling you some of our fermentations, it seemed like they were taking longer than we wanted. And, you know, we found that by, we were using a six row barley, but we went to the malty barley and it just seemed like that really helped with the fermentation side of it. Uh, we're getting a much better, we're getting a much faster fermentation and it seems like we're getting a higher yield off our, off our run now than what we were a few months ago. Because, uh, it, it, it's rough leaving any kind of money on the table, especially. Yeah. The yeah. I mean, uh, cause we had some batches that, you know, just didn't have a good yield and, uh, or the flavor wasn't what we thought it would be. And, you know, we've had some batches where we had to just throw a hundred gallons right out the back door. It was no fun at all. So before we got legal, I know one of the worst batches we've made, we, Mark and I decided we we're going to try to make a peach brandy. So we get a buddy of ours for selling peaches down in South Carolina he bring them up to Ohio and sell them. And he had a bunch of them that he couldn't sell and it was hot and they were starting to get pretty nasty. So we put them in a 55 gallon drum and tried to ferment them. Well, I, I guess I didn't realize that the citric acid in the pieces kills your yeast pretty easy. So I come back a week later, man, I had 50 gallons of rotten pieces. So I had to throw that out the back door. <laughs> hey, you live and you learn. That's yeah, right. I did. No, I did. That's, the, uh, after that. that's one thing I really appreciate about all this is you never stop learning. No, yeah, I agree. Um, you just, you know, you, you learn what works for you and then you yeah. learn what everybody else does. Yeah. And then you can kind of cherry pick from what everybody does Yeah. to what you want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're getting ready to start an Apple brandy here, so I'm I'm picking everybody's brain right now and trying to figure out, you know, the best type of proceeding, you know, mash bills and all that kind of stuff, uh, best time of, uh, type of yeast to use. And I'm wanting to come out with a honey apple brandy. We're partnering up with an orchard over in Chillicothe, Ohio. And uh, so we're going to be working on that this summer and trying to, trying to figure that out. And uh, I'm sort of experimentation. I was, I was going to say, are you planning on fermenting honey, or are you just going to use that in the thumper? Or? Yeah, I think I'm just going to use in the thumper, maybe put a little bit of honey in, in the apple brandy. Um, I got to check with the fed because they're so picky about what can go into a brandy and still call it brandy. So I don't know if I'll have to use an apple, you know, use the apple for the mash and then run the honey through the thumper to get the uh, flavor. I, I I just have a hard time getting much flavor out of the out of the mash. I mean, it seems like you really it's really tough to do that without doing using the thumper. So. Yeah. yeah. To run it again. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it stripped the flavor right out of it. So. Well, I know some people will uh, if they don't have a thumper, they'll run. Um, just say the band, right? So the, the, yeah. the you know ferment apples, they'll run it, and they'll collect in a big tote or whatever. <clears throat> And then they'll take, say, apples, and they'll macerate the apples in the, in all that alcohol for you know a few days or whatever, and then rerun mm -hmm. that alcohol. Oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. I mean, you soaked some flavors in from that, so. How that works, I don't know. I've never done it, but I know a lot of people do it. Yeah, and that makes sense. And then you know, put, crush up a bunch of apples, put that in a thumper too, and you know, try to bring some flavor up that way too. So. Yep. Well, I've had a lot of success in the past um, using uh, like a flavored liquor in thumpers. Oh, I don't know why, but the, I feel like the liquor, the alcohol seems to help pull it through. Personally, I know Ian's got a little bit of it's that, talking it's, about. It's it's the glycerin that's in that in the schnapps that yeah. use, that flavoring. It's all got glycerin in it, and you know oh, a, yeah. minute, a minute amount of glycerin transfers during distillation. So that, that little bit of glycerin that's being transferred in your distillation is what's carrying that flavor so heavy into your end product. Oh, cool. So that, that's why all the flavored vodkas and schnapps, and when you put them in your thumper, man, the end product is just like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, so that's and, our, one of our and, big projects for the summer, try to do some experimenting and you know, get that worked out. So. Brandy's where it's at, man. You know, with, oh, yeah. I love a good... Hey, I always wear Apple Brandy. Got me through COVID, man, because I stepped on that for the whole week. I had COVID. It cleared the lungs up real quick. So <laughs> I, I tried to kill it from within, and it just gave me a super headache. <laughs> and it, it didn't agree with me. I was, I was about three or four days in. I felt like death. Like, man, I, I, I don't get drunk a whole lot, but give me that bottle, and I took a big drink, and my head was just thought it was oh, yeah. worse. Mm -hmm. I regretted it so. Yeah, you can good. also um, back sweeten too with uh, like a honey flavor after it's done. Oh yeah, you know, I don't. Yeah. yeah, there's just so many options about it. That's what. Yeah, that's what I got to try to figure out what would work out the best, you know. And then I want to put some in barrels also. I mean, it sells sell unaged, and then put some in a barrel and let it set for a year or two and see what that does. So it definitely it changes that apple brandy. Yeah, you, you let yeah. it sit. Alan Bishop's apple brandy. I haven't had any. I've talked to Alan a few times, and man, I've heard it's really good. And I'd love to get a bottle of his. So. I've never like I go. I'm I'm like 30 minutes from Richmond, right down oh, 70. Wow. And um, you can go in Indiana, and they have they have Sugarlands and er everything. You know, they got a, a huge selection of uh, Alan Bishop's with the spirits of French Lake, but I've never seen any apple brandy there from him. So if I ever see some, I'll snag up what they got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll get it down to you. But yeah, I gotta go. Like every time we go into Richmond, uh, we stop at this liquor store because they have such a bigger selection than we have here in Ohio. Because oh, wow. obviously, yeah, um, we don't know why. Yeah. And, and yeah. So you know, whenever we're out there, I'm always like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm taking pictures of the Sugarless jars. Like Sean, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're an asshole. Like I am. I love you though. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the bottle I had from Alan it was uh, it was aged two years, wow. and it was phenomenal. Was it? Yes. Man. Yep. 
He's giving me some tips, and uh, so I'm sure I'll be picking his brain this summer trying to come up because he had talked about maybe aging it in different types of barrels and you know finishing it off in a you know you know whether you do a cognac barrel or some kind of wine barrel finish it off in that. So I think that would be pretty cool. He's and he's a open book. Yeah, I mean I'm amazed. Uh, a lot of time he's way up here and I'm down here, but man, you know he got a lot of knowledge. So. You know, if you think about that, I mean, he started out the same way we did. True. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's he just dedicated his life to it and learning and and yeah. you know all the methodologies behind it. And he's uh, I put think his he work worked in for several for distilleries that do the you know apple brand is having Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he told me he worked for Copper and King down in Louisville one time. Yeah. yeah. Is that do they do a lot of apple brandy? Yeah, they do a lot of brandy. They they actually they don't do much distilling matching in there at Copper and Kings. Uh, they they basically bring wine in and just run it through the copper pots. And um, I think when Alan was there, they were doing distilling and matching in and everything. But now I, I know I was down there a couple of years ago, and their their big thing now is a lot of different brandies. But they age them in different types of barrels. Like they have one to age in a Woodford barrel, and uh, they, another one aged in a cognac barrel. And I mean, they're kind of going for niches like that. So, but I, I picked up a couple of bottles. It's good stuff. So. Okay. Well, you planning on as far as say stills go? Are you planning on getting another from uh, Kevin Gordon? Because I've seen where he had built a 150 for. Uh, yeah, uh, for Richard. Uh, Richard. Yeah, I actually yeah. I talked to Kevin about it. Uh, we texted back and forth, and he told me he was building a, a couple for Richard at 150. And because I, I have a hundred gallon steel from him now, and I'm like, look, if I build on the back here, I'd like to get, I want to stay with the copper pot, but I'd like to get a little bit bigger. And so he told me, he said, well, you know, see how Richard does with these 150s and see how they operate and everything. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see myself ever going to a column steel or anything like that. I, I, I just love the copper pots and, and uh, you know, as long yeah, as I can, my, I want to do that. So, yeah, you, know, you get to a column steel or something to make vodka, you might as well just source it. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it's going to be 190 proof and no flavor. So, yeah, I mean, those things, yeah. And that's one thing about the Moonshine University that I you know all those guys were going for the big. Column steels, you know, 50 feet high and all that. And I'm just like, man, I like the small batches and the copper pot. Yeah. Got the controls. Um, you know, if I mess up a batch, I've messed up a hundred gallons. You know, you get somebody who's running two or three thousand gallons at a time or even more than that. And you mess up a batch there and man, you went through some money. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah. much rather mess, mess up on a small batch. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, use that Ohio blue corn all the time. You ever malt any of it and use it malt? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about, John and I talked about doing that. And I don't know how how difficult that would be as far as malting some of that because uh, we were kicking around some ideas on how to, you know, differentiate the, the corn whiskey. And, and John actually brought up the idea of doing a malt and a malted corn. So. Our buddy JJ, um, he, um, he makes he uses malted Ohio blue corn. Does it? I mean, it really adds a lot more sweetness to the end product. Oh wow! Um, I thought his his malted blue corn was it really added a different sweetness that you didn't get out of the regular blue corn. Even though you know you get a nice sweetness out of regular blue corn. Is he malting it himself or? Um, he's got a place out by him in Pennsylvania that malts. Okay. It. Okay. Um, I can link you with JJ. JJ, you're in here. Uh, message Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I did my job. High tech, man. <laughs> there we go. It's called it, it's called CNC malt. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah, that's where he gets all his his malt at. Cool. Like this was the first time I ever tried it, uh, the blue corn malted, and it definitely it really sweetened it up, huh? Yes. As a sweetness to it that wasn't there before. Wow. A, a sweeter sweetness to it that oh, wasn't wow. there before. So. Yeah, I was uh, I was amazed how much difference it made with the barley being molded. I mean, it made a tremendous difference, and I think it helped in the fermentation of it too. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you, you malt that barley, it definitely it, it changes it um, tremendously. I've never used uh, barley not molded. I've always used a yeah. uh, molded six row. I was getting a six row barley from a company out in Colorado before uh, I hooked up. 
with the guys in Marysville and, uh, you know, I, I, I just really like, I like what we have now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's coming from Ohio too, you know? Yeah. Now, right now, all of our grains are coming yeah. from Ohio now. So I, it's, I'm all coming, it's all Ohio source. It's Ohio yeah. liquor. And it's just the way, yeah. just like, I'm you know, if, proud I, of that. if I lived in Kentucky or West Virginia, then I would try to source all my grain and everything from my state. You know, it adds, it adds a little something different to yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, Ohio, I think they're finally starting to realize the tax revenue and the, the potential for, you know, the local distillers and all that, uh, you know, there's a distillers guild out of Columbus and uh, they're doing some talks about trying to loosen up some of the rules. You know, right now, if you come to my, my store, I can only sell you four jars per person per day, which makes no sense. I mean, why, why would you not want me to sell you cases and cases? Cause yeah. you're, getting, you're getting tax revenue off of every bottle, you know? So, uh, so I'm hoping Ohio kind of gets, you know, gets with the program and, uh, you know, help work, work with us and you know they make more money we make more money and uh it's just you know, I, I can do four samples i can do four jars i can maybe understand putting a limit on the samples get more people getting stupid drunk and you know stumbling around but uh, even still man they're gonna get drunk there or yeah, yeah I mean, they're gonna come down to my place it, and go down to somebody else's and it's about that control they just want to control you like, like yeah. they want you to be like yeah man control what i got going on and then they're yeah. like i'll do what you want yeah you can whatever whatever yeah. No yeah, I mean, I had people come in before Christmas or wanting to buy Christmas presents, and you know, one guy was ready to buy a case, you know, and I'm like, oh, I can tell you four jars per person per day. So I sold him four jars, his wife four jars, and uh, you know, he came back a couple of days later and got more. But uh, it's just you like, got a fake ID, go out and come back in. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like that. That uh, you know, there's a lot of potential here in Ohio. I mean, you guys said at the beginning of the program that. Uh, Ohio has a lot of history of moonshining and distilling. And, you know, you go back to Prohibition, you know, some of the biggest distilleries were in Cincinnati and Lynchburg. And, you know, we could really capitalize on that. If uh, if they'll turn us loose and let us work on it, uh, you know, there's really no end to what we could do. So Yeah, you know, we're the, we're the last stop for, for the Midwest before you get out west. We're the yeah. last stop before the flatness. Exactly. Exactly. So. A lot. It's it's weird. A lot of Ohio is hilly, and a lot of Ohio is flat. Yeah. I mean, flat, flat. Yeah. You get up, uh, you know, close to you guys and go farther north. It's flat country up there. So so. Where I'm at in Dayton, um, if you head north or west of me, it's just nothing but flat nothingness. Wow. Um, if you head east and south, then you start getting closer to the Appalachians. Like we're the last mm-hmm. stop of the Appalachians, and then that's yeah. it. It's just flat nothingness. Like when we was driving up to Flat Rock from uh, Versailles, it was, it was just nothing but windmills. Oh, like wow. Giant turbines for two hours, just nothing but turbines the whole way. And then, like, oh. as soon as you get into the Staten area, the Miami Valley, you know, you got all your – you got some terrain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got about 30 acres at my farm, and I don't think I have a flat piece of ground on the whole ground. I mean, the whole place is just up and down hills. And, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That reminds me when I go out to Hooch's, it's just all up and down hills. Yeah. <laughs> you come out of the barn drunk, you're probably going up in the bottom. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You're never going to make it to the door. Like, you know yeah. what? I, I'm just staying here. You fall I'll down, see, you're going to keep rolling for a while. So. I'll see y'all in the morning. <laughs> bring, so, hey, bring it side by side down and help me get up. <laughs> so do you use a certain kind of uh, yeast? Do you use like a distiller's yeast, a bread yeast, turbo yeast? Yeah, I, I've, uh, I started out using Firm Life uh, yeast out of uh, Louisville because I met met the guy down in, at Moonshine University, and we still use it. Uh, I've been using Red Star, you know, using that uh, a lot. So those are my two go-tos right now. So okay. i got to find using- a good brandy yeast. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Well, I guess it depends for what kind of what kind of fruit you apples. Is that what you're? Yeah, yeah, doing uh, apple brandy. Yeah. That would be an island question, probably. Yeah. 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 I I had good success with uh, like a seventy one B. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, the old bread yeast. I mean, I've used bread yeast on apples. Uh, I think it gives it a you know different a different little nutty twang on the back end, kind of piey. Uh, it, you know. I'll dump bread yeast on anything <laughs> just because I want to know. I want to know. Like, I want to know how it's going to taste. 
Yeah. And if I like it at the end, and you know, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Like, I use it on my banana brandy because I think it gives oh, it wow. um, like a, 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 a nutty flavor. Yeah, a nutty bready flavor on the back end. No, you just using Fleischmann bread juice or which one? Okay. Staff Instant. Cool. From uh, Gordon Foods. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give it a try. That it uh, that's what I used on the show. It, it ferments at a lower temperature. Oh, okay. Fairly, fairly decent. Um, you add any nutrients no or anything like that to it, or not no. to a sweet mash? No. Okay. Not at all. Like, it's just it, it, colder. You know, we're we deal with cold here, so yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it gets a little chilly. It doesn't matter. And I how much a gallon were you putting in? Do you remember? Um, I, I'm going to quote my buddy Bennett, and, I'm, and I, I measure with my heart. You know, you just measure with your heart. And, and, and whatever you think is good enough is good enough. Cool. So, yeah, like Sean said, just sprinkle it on, cover the top, and give her a stir and go on about your day. So, give it a try there and check it out. So. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> I'd be intrigued, um, you know, apples, they got all, all in skins, maybe a natural ferment. Yeah. Um, that would be, that would definitely be a question for somebody. It's not me or Sean. <laughs> well, I know um, the guys at the orchard, they, they've offered to, you know, even provide, provide uh, cider as part of their deal too, you know, use their apples and then they also make their own cider. So, you know, maybe do a combination of apples and apple cider and see how that works. So. <laughs> That cider will save you a ton of work. Well, like, you know, just you do it know. without the apples. Yeah, yeah, just do it without the apples. You ain't got to okay. strain. You ain't got to smash. You ain't got to worry about it. You know, yeah, they got a heck of an operation over there in Chillicothe, and I mean, they go through a ton of cider. And he's like, "Look, we're, you know, if it, you want to run the cider through and see what that does, and that'd be me. Match up. <laughs> that'd be me. I'd be like, like yeah, give me that cider. Uh, what's our gravity? All right, put some bread yeast in there. We'll see you in five days. We're good to go. Let's run it. What did you say their phone number was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love. I'm so about cider. Yeah, uh, that's the way to go. You know, oh, some yeah. people think that like um, like some people ferment with the seeds in from the apples. Yeah, like, like traditional apple brandies done with seed in. Um, some people don't like the seeds. Some people think the skins. Give it an off flavor so they'll peel them. Like there's just so many different ways that you could yeah. that you could do it to get what you want. But you know, yeah. it's like, hey man, that's cider. That's the best part of the apple. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the best part of the juice. And I mean, they make a nice cider, a good cider, and I think that, it seems to me like they use a champagne use or something as part of the cider making process. And... Yeah. I have no idea how cider's made. I just know it's yeah. delicious. I, I, I'm going to go over and check out their operation. <laughs> they make a ton of it and they sell a bunch of it. So, I, I just thought it was just straight squeeze, you know, just squeeze yeah. in the jug. Like, here you go. Yeah. But I, mean, I have no idea. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I bet they got, I wonder if they make, I bet they make a good apple butter. Ooh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah see, that's why every fall we go set up with the honey, and you know while we're there, they're making homemade apple butter, and man, I gained twenty pounds just being at the <laughs> festival between the cornbread and beans and the apple butter and all that kind of good stuff. So I gained five pounds listening to you talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it goes, and it was well worth it. I do it. Yeah, again. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a, <laughs> no doubt. Good stuff. Good stuff. And, you know, the one thing we yeah. haven't done yet is uh, the cocktail side of it, and we do have our A1A license so we can do cocktails. And so that's something else we're going to try to develop recipes. And, you know, I've got a margarita machine so we can do moonshine slushies and yep. you know, things like that. So novelty you know, stuff, no, novelty stuff's big, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you could do moonshine cider where you just mix some yeah. with some cider and throw your cinnamon yeah. stick in it or some, or some yeah. apple wedge, um, you know, Cocktails are big money makers because yeah, you, know, you, you use this you know, much alcohol and that much uh, juice, and, and yeah. you got an eight dollar mixture. Yeah, <laughs> and, and people gladly pay it when they're having a good time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something we're going to be working on, and that's one of the reasons I want to build onto the back. I mean, John been in our place. We're kind of compact. I mean, I bought the building thinking we had plenty of room, but man, once you start bringing equipment in and yeah. you know setting stuff up, it's like crap. We ain't got enough room and. 
So we're going to, our, our village is getting a new sewer in this summer. So once the sewer comes through, we'll be able to expand on the back. And I'm thinking about moving the production back to the back part of it, opening up the front for cocktails and uh, you know, see how it works. I think that's a big, big uh, money maker right there. So. Oh, yeah. If you have somewhere you can have a little band and, you know, yeah. people listen to music yeah. and drink, that's what they want to do, you know. Yeah. They just want to sit and have a have a drink and don't matter how good the band is because yeah the you get the better they sound yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> in a pretty good location i mean a lot of people don't realize where you're at but you're yeah. in between a couple good-sized lakes aren't you yeah i mean we get a ton of campers and i know when we started selling back in september you know that was kind of late in the camping season but man we got i mean we just got bombarded by campers and and they must have went back to the, you know, the, I think a lot of them are from Dayton, Columbus. And, uh, you know, they must have went back and started talking about it. Cause I'm getting calls now from bars in Columbus and, you know, hey, you know, we want to carry your sign. And and so uh, I'm really curious to see what this coming summer is going to be like. Well, we'll get a whole summer of all the campers coming in. Says, I mean, they they were by far our biggest uh, source of customers this past, past September. Um so I, that's another reason I want to do the cocktails and, you know, I mean, they, you know, they, they like taking a jar back to the campfire and oh, yeah. having a good time with that. So, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, and they like sitting around a campfire drinking moonshine. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is, you know, and, <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of those guys that, you know, they go to, they all go to the same place every yeah. weekend, every year. So yeah. it's like, it's a big community there. So if you get one person in there, yeah. And they like your product, man. They're going to be like, hey, man, I got this down the road here. Check it out. And then they're all yeah. drinking moonshine. And yeah. there's wives mad at them because they got <laughs> too drunk. And, <laughs> and so, you know, they're all stopping at the same place. <laughs> yeah. What I really appreciate from people like Chris is, you know, you can go in these like Four Roses or, you know, all in big distilleries and you see huge stills, you know. Yeah. But you go to his place and you see a hundred gallon all copper pot done the way that people's grandpa would have done it. Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to keep it old school as much as we can because, you know, I, I really think with the history, I mean, that's part of our culture and our heritage. And, you know, I want to keep it old school as much as I can. And, you know, you know, I've got two boys. I hope get involved with it, and we'll see what they do with it. But uh, you know, as long as I'm around, it's going to be a copper pot and straightforward. That's how we're making it. So, might need two or three copper pots to make what we want. But uh, I don't see myself going to a big column still and doing that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they all have their place, you know. Like, yeah. like, like we talked yeah. about last week with Lorenzo. Like, hey man, everything's got its place for its yeah. people. You know, like uh, col column eight for you. Your your old school copper pot. That's me. Yeah. I don't like a column. I don't like bubble plates. I don't need jars. Yeah, yeah. I just need a pot thumper worm. And, yeah, that's what I've got. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll make what I feel like is is a damn good jar of liquor almost yeah. every time. Yeah, I'm never gonna make enough where I could do mass distri distri distribution and all that. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we're keeping our circle small and Bainbridge and building out from there. And uh, you know, if we get up in Columbus and that Cincinnati area, that'd be great. But uh, We'll say on every drop we make right now, and I'm pretty happy with that. So, you know, the smaller your circle, the smaller your headache. Yeah. Keep it small. Eventually, get there eventually <laughs> when you're comfortable. You know, you go when you're ready. Yeah. So, yeah. that's what that's where it's at. So, yeah. it's been it's been fun. I mean, it's been a lot of work. Uh, you know, we've got a great team. Uh, my wife Katie, and you know, my daughter-in-law Aaron, my brother Mark, my buddy Mike Hurley. I mean, we, we work well together. Everybody kind of has their own niche. And, you know, Mark and Mike, I mean, they can fix anything that needs fixing. And they can troubleshoot with the best of them. My wife, she's been real good on the retail side. And I do taxes for a living. So the last few months, I haven't been in the steel house as much as I want to be. So things actually picked up. And started it's, your, it's your time to shine. She's making, she's making a pretty good. Pretty, I mean, I hate to say it, but she can cook a mask better than me right now. So she's showing me up. <laughs> it's starting to feel pretty good right now. Well, so. it goes hand in hand, right? You, yeah. You make liquor and you do taxes. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm collecting on birds. Times. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Good times. So if you had well, any if you had any advice to give to somebody who's wanting to start up a, a, a smaller distillery like you, like yours, you know, from yeah. the ground up all by yourself, um, what would that advice be? Um, I tell you, you know, if it, I could write a book on how not to start a distillery because I, I made every mistake you can make, I think, when you did it. Because uh, um, the biggest thing I would tell people, do the homework, uh, you know, take take the time and, you know, really consult and do your research and all that because uh, there's a lot more to it than I ever dreamed as far as the legal side of it and, uh, you know, getting everything set up. Uh, so are you down in Portsmouth? Are you down by Portsmouth? No, we're, we're closer to Chillicothe. Uh, okay. we're, we're between Hillsborough and Chillicothe on Route 50. So. Okay. He's, he's, he's one hour and six minutes from my doorstep. All right. That's, I'm I'm going to Portsmouth in a couple of weeks for a, a preseason football game. And oh, so cool. I'm, I'm like, who's around Portsmouth? I got to head somewhere to stop. <laughs> I can't just go down there for football. You know, I got to make a trip out of it. That's me. Like, I, gotta I think Brian, Brian Brian Silcott's located down there. Yeah, he's down there. Nah, he's a little far. He's past where I'm going. I want to put him here and there. I've been there. Stop down there and get you a hose clamp or two. <laughs> hey, hey, jar of polish. You know how it goes. So. I had a young fella stop in that wanted. To, he said he's going to start a distillery in Portsmouth. Uh, uh, he's just in the starting phases of trying to pull everything together, and they everything I've seen and heard. Uh, the best way to make a, a small fortune in distillery is to start out with a large fortune because it freaking <laughs> <laughs> the upstart costs are crazy. I mean, I, sense, I, I never dreamed. Uh, you know, one of the guys that has a distillery in Columbus, when I first started, I, I kind of told I'm like, hey, what kind of advice can you give me? And he's like, hey, you know, do you sit down, do your budget, um, kind of frame out your time. And then once you're done with all that, pretty much double your budget and double your time because there's so many things that are going to pop up and bite you that you, you never dreamed of. And uh, but the, the main thing uh, I would tell people not to take shortcuts, uh, you know, pay the lawyer to do the legal side. That's what he does. Pay the, you know, the contractor, you know, we use a, we uh, have to use a lot of uh, what the health department and I, I was amazed if we had to get involved with the EPA and the health department, and all that stuff. And, you know, they all have things they look for. So if you don't get it right at the beginning, you're going to go back and redo it and fix it to, the way they liked. I mean, there's really no shortcuts. So. I mean, it took us, I mean, granted, we had COVID involved and nobody would come out and uh, do inspections for about a year. But, I mean, start to finish, we were about a year and a half, two years getting everything open. So, Hell of a job. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And we're, uh, say we're, we're still learning every day and we've got a lot of ideas and we're just trying to figure out how to you know, move forward and uh, build on and from there so so we just entered uh, our first competition here this last few weeks ago for judging i've never done that before so that that's pretty cool uh if the east coast uh spirits contest uh east east coast craft spirits award just for small distilleries east of the mississippi so we've sent four jars off to enter the judging there so we're kind of waiting to see how that goes and if anybody wants to vote for it, they can go to their Facebook page and vote for it. We're up for People's Choice Award for for our Moonshine and our Flavor Chine. So. Nice. Stiff in? What's that? You sent in your Knock'em Stiff? Yeah, I sent them Knock'em Stiff, uh, Blackberry, Peach, and Elderberry, I believe, yeah. So we'll be, we'll be curious to get the comments back and see how we do. I mean, it's the first time we've entered a competition, so... It's all about that feedback, you know. It's yeah, yeah, learning, feedback, you know? what they like, what they don't like. And then, uh, you know, we are, Vegas, uh, ADI is having a conference out in Vegas. We almost sent jars out to that, but I'm like, I take one step at a time and, you know, we'll enter the national competition next year and see how that goes. So. Nice. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing and you, you're definitely going to do well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And hope we got the, uh, we got the, festival coming up here, the Farm to Bottle Festival coming up in Wilmington in August. John, I think you're going to be there, aren't you? Oh, yeah. They're going to be. I don't oh, know cool, if he's cool. probably going to set up. I think that's really going to be a good thing. Uh, you know, Dan really putting a lot of work into bringing the bands in and going to have, uh, you know, wineries, breweries, distillers, and 
I mean, I think that's and I told I, I really think he wanted something big that you know could grow exponentially as we go forward. And, Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it's close. I'll be there. I'll be there both oh, days yeah. walking around. Oh, I mean, I'm not getting a hotel done. I'm driving my ass home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right down the road. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I like the first yeah. year stuff, and and he's he's getting everybody to, everybody to go, and you know, yeah. And, I mean, he's uh, gonna have everybody from the farmers on up there, and uh, yeah, I'm real I'm real intrigued to see how all that you know, and it's yeah. gonna be at the end of August, so it should be beautiful, and yeah. Or hot, you just never know. Hell, it could it be snowing. Hot, yeah. <laughs> it could be snowing. You never know around here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess I mean, it's yeah, it's in Ohio, exactly. I mean, I think that's something yeah. that's real. And I've talked to people that are coming down from, you know, Michigan, and uh, I think a lot of people coming in from, you know, out of the area. So I, I really think it's going to build our brand net recognition here in Ohio, and. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot going on at that time, you know. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the kind of in between time. It's um, you know, high school football season. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, and there's not no, the festivals haven't really kicked off yet for the fall. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a real good time to have one. So. Yeah, and uh, really, I think really he's doing it right. I mean, he's got a lot of different bands with different types of music: bluegrass, country, southern rock. I mean, he's got them all coming in. And, so uh, that's that's going to be the the Farm to Bottle Festival. In Wilmington, Ohio, August twenty fourth and twenty fifth, I believe. Twenty uh, fifth and twenty sixth, and I, I'm close. Yeah, <laughs> he may even expand a little bit. I think the twenty fifth and twenty sixth is a Friday, Saturday, and he's even okay. talking about maybe rolling it into Sunday just to you know get people more time to come out. Yeah. And, and I think you can bring campers. Uh, he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna have the bar where. You know, we can't sell anything at our booth uh, as far as liquor, but we can sell to him with him having a liquor license. So okay. I think he's going to do a lot with the different breweries and wineries and distilleries. Now, are you going to be able to like, have samples at your booth? You know, I don't uh, think I'm even allowed to have samples, man. All right. These are uh, questions that we need yeah. to know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> can, I get, can I get a little bit at each booth? I'm down for that. Uh, yeah, I got to go to the bar. I'm down for that too. But you know, it's different when when you're standing there and you're pouring the the yeah, samples. Exactly. You know, you're talking to you about each one. Yeah, you feel more connected. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully they'll be like, yeah, you and can that's one thing I need to work on there because you know, I, we do a lot with our honey at farmers markets. You know, and you know, granted, I mean, not to be, I don't know how many people want to drink liquor at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning, but it'd be nice to be able to give samples and. Hey, you know, you know like, I understand not being able to charge for them, but it'd be nice to be able to give samples out. Yeah, when, same when, thing with this, you know, the festival coming up. Uh, I'd love to be able to give little samples out. And, oh, yeah. And, 8 a.m., yeah. 8 p.m. You know, the, the universe gives you free liquor. You go ahead and try it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter what it is. So that's <laughs> just, you don't know unless you try Unless it's salsa. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I ain't trying to. I ain't trying. I, I don't like it exotic, man. Like keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple for me. I'm simple. I'm simple. I'm simple minded, and I like my liquor the same way. So, keep it simple for me. Yeah, but, but I think that's gonna be a good time for everybody, and I think a lot of the a lot of you guys from the TV show are coming there, and yeah, I think I've yeah, I've seen, people. I've seen. You know, he's it just uh, he's inviting just guys that were contestants, uh, winners. Yeah. So you know, that's that's really cool. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. I think more so because it's close to home. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I always like to bust people's balls in Tennessee and Kentucky. You know, Ohio makes the best liquor there is. You know, I always <laughs> say the other two states got to cover it up with wood. That's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the only the only other moonshine festival around here is, uh, you know, Straightful. You know, that's, yep. that's about two and a half hours away. Yeah. And so it's just nice to get something, something a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, I, I really and, think. That, I mean, I and, think that's to get as big as yeah. he wants it to get. So. And, and and you know, and it's not, it's not just he's not like, oh, this is a moonshine festival. It's like this is a farm to bottle, and you know, yeah. if it goes from I mean, it starts at the farm, ends at the bottle. We're going to have it here. We're going to feature it here, so you can yeah. come here, and you know, Sean's going to wind up with four more goats, <laughs> and and you know, probably three more stills because he's, <laughs> he's got he's got problems. Uh, but they're, they're yeah, good I think they're doing fermentation, uh, you know, doing some different uh, exhibits and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, live guy, still building. The paint cup guy up in Wilmington, he's going to do something with Apple that weekend. And uh, nice. Yeah. 
there. Uh, Silcott building. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do or whatever, but that's going to fold bottoms. <laughs> Folded bottom boys. Folded bottom. Yep. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Love old Brian. We've got to give shit where we can. You know, that's just yeah, how we roll go. around here. <laughs> he it's gets all it back. Good fun. Yeah, he gets it back. It's all good fun, man. We all love each other. We'll do one here in, uh, I think, about a month or so, a month and a half. He'll be on. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm a. We, we should have done it on St. Patrick's Day. I didn't even think of it. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. It, it ain't a joke if you'd say the punchline, Sean. Come on. Like, everybody knew what it was. <laughs> I, I still accept you, though. <laughs> and this is awesome. <laughs> good times. Good times. For being on taking the time. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh always enjoy your guys' podcast. I watch it every week. So no, we appreciate that. Job, you know, so. uh we enjoy listening to your story. Like we was talking about before we came on. That's all this is about. Yeah. This is about your story, the guests. We want to hear your story. Yeah. You know, whether it's it's you know, you started small to your distillery or you was on TV and we didn't get to hear your backstory. Like we yeah. want to hear you. We want to hear your backstory. We want to know about you. We want to learn why you do things the way you do. Yeah. And after so many people, you know, you can pick and choose like, Oh, I like that. I like this. I like yeah. that. And then make your own, your own style out of every little tidbit that you learned. And, yeah. And so, you know, for me, it's about listening to the guests speak. And um, as always, I'm honored to hear you talk. So thank, well, thank thanks you. for joining us. We really appreciate it. Listening thank to you. Guys. Have a good one. Thank you, sir. You too. Have a great. Uh, Take care easy, buddy. Look forward to meeting you. I'll see hey. you soon. All right. <laughs> Take care, man. All right. Everybody shine on. <laughs>